Hello. Hi, David. Mark Sybold from Fleet Auto News here. Oh, good day, mate. Thanks for the uh, the article on the hydrogen car. Did uh, was it really that great to drive? Look, I enjoyed it. It was easy. It was practical. It, it's not just about driving this car, the Toyota Mirai, spelled M I R A I. It's Japanese for the future, I think. It, it's not just about driving that car. It's a, a new car altogether, new body, and, and so on. But it's just looking at the packaging of this hydrogen car as well as is it practical and easy to drive like looking at the pictures it looks a bit futuristic um um (laughs) does it does it it feel like that as well when you're driving well you know it just feels really much like a a a hybrid a prius but it it is of course a hydrogen car means it's an electric motor but it's just uh uses hydrogen which they put across a fuel cell combined with oxygen which of course forms water but also releases electricity so it's really just driving an electric car and so well first thing is it's very quiet and um, it's easy to drive um, but really mm-hmm. it doesn't feel much difference of course it doesn't need a gearbox but then again most automatics you're not particularly conscious about which gear you're in now anyway so really in many ways it felt quite ordinary uh, to drive it around except for its quietness so hydrogen that's you know like in the atmosphere in the air that's one of the like it's part of the oxygen we breathe and everything, isn't it? Well, now, we breathe oxygen and nitrogen, but hydrogen is one yeah. of the most prevalent elements in the universe, I believe. It's used a lot around. Not that It's also used for things like forklifts and, and so on. But it, So it it is actually quite reasonably available in tanks, a bit like bigger, a bit like uh, you can go and swap your tanks like your barbecue, but bigger and for industrial purposes. But the real thing you've got to do for the hydrogen car is pressurise it up to work in the car. They they run at about mm. 700 bar, 700 times the pressure of uh, normally, which is about 10,000, a bit over 10,000 pounds per square inch. So you've got to have equipment to do that. So how do you how do you fill it up then? I'm guessing that you can't sort of pull up to your local uh, service station. No, you need that specialist equipment, and they will turn service stations into doing this. But you plug it in, takes three to five minutes, and it's a bit like filling up an LPG. You just have a special nozzle that locks into place, and the hydrogen just uh, flows in. But of course, it has been pressurised up to suit the application. In cars. Now, Hyundai also have one, but they run it, I think, at 350 bar. It's just a question of getting more hydrogen in and being able to use it effectively. So, like, is it something that we'll be driving, you know, in the near future? Like a, a, you know... Like, like a Prius, I suppose, or...? Well, well, your point about it's not available at service stations, the, the point they would make is it's not available yet, uh, and so we will need to be developing the sorts of technologies and deliveries. Now, there's two ways you can do it. You can deliver hydrogen and then have the machine that just pressurises it up, or you can actually make mm. it there. What you do is you take water... You put in electrical energy, you know, you, you use energy and that splits the molecules up. You're left with hydrogen and then oxygen just goes into the atmosphere. Uh, and mm-hmm. so when you put it back together, it lets electri- electricity out. It's like a battery in, in one sense. The thing about that is that that does take energy. Now, we might see service stations with solar panels on the roof that help yeah. split 
the, uh, the, the molecule up and give you the hydrogen, but you can produce hydrogen from other things, from you know, sewerage and other things, and uh, you, can, you can actually get it. How we do it in the future, I think we will see that develop, although they're, they're, they're doing it now overseas. They've got distribution networks. Wow, okay. So from a, from a fleet point of view, running a, a company fleet, you know, 50 or 100 vehicles, do you think it's something that that it work for a fleet? I'd like to write more about that because I really think it is because fleets are often quite controlled in what they do. We'd love to have a car that we can drive around the city, but we also want it for our holidays to go on, you know, down to Melbourne. Uh, now, that's okay. That's always been the problem with battery cars. The thing about fleet operations is quite often they just go back to base every night. So mm-hmm. you can have a base like, uh, you know, your, your, your facility, your factory that runs some, you know, vans or, or whatever. You, you could have yeah. them and you could establish the compression type technology there, the machinery there to do it. So yeah. you could become, it's like having your own tanks of petrol. You could have your own system to load up your hydrogen. So yeah, fleets could be a big issue. So if I was running a courier business or something like that, and they're coming back to base all the time, I could, I could almost have my. If I'm using solar power and uh, yeah. you know, water, I've almost got free fuel. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. You'd need, yeah, depending on the size of your fleet, of course, as to how much solar power you need. But I, I talked to Toyota about this. That is a reasonable thing for a service station to have solar power without having to have five acres of solar panels out the back. It doesn't need to be that much. Yeah. So in this, like in Australia, many years ago, LPG was sort of, you know, I suppose the mm. gas of choice. Um, you know, how, how does hydrogen compare to the LPG? Well, it, let's say first and foremost, the, the Toyota rates their uh, Mariah to about 550 kilometres. It'll depend on where you're travelling. But don't forget, of course, being an electric motor, if you stop in traffic, it doesn't have to turn itself off. It's just not powering at all. So yeah. it, it, your amount of acceleration, stopping and starting. But see, even stopping, it would have regenerative braking. So when you slow down, that yeah. acts like a, a generator and puts some power uh, back. It, you know, it has a battery for a small amount of uh, carryover. Uh, so all those sorts mm. of things, 550K, they reckon that the equivalent of filling it up might be about $60 in Australian terms. So that's mm. about, you know, similar to. So the, the functionality, the practicality of it is pretty good. Yeah. And, and what, what sort of size is it? Is it a family car or a small car? or? Uh... Yeah. The Mirai would be around about, uh, if you have a look at it, uh, and you're right, it's got some funny-looking front on it, not... Not drastically unusual, but those big pods down the side, they almost look like mutton chops, don't they, uh, at the front of the car. Uh, Better look it up. Uh, I perhaps haven't described it fairly. But, look, it's a practical car, sort of Corolla Camry size. And um, Now, the thing about it is it has tanks of 120 or so litres. So that's bigger than a car. It's got nothing to do with how far you can travel because it's a different mm. fuel source. But a hundred, you know, hundred and twenty liters is a lot of that. You've got one tank under your rear seat, and that doesn't seem to compromise space. You've got one in your boot, and that tends to reduce the boot size a bit. It actually has about three hundred and sixty-one liters in the boot. A Commodore would have five hundred and fifty. So, yeah, or, or a Camry might have around four ninety-five hundred. 
but it's still big enough to sort of carry your, your shopping and, and and other things that you might and you know even your your basic stuff as a, as a sales rep on the road. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, depending what you're doing it for, um, yeah. and if you were going to get a courier, what it might mean for a van might compromise the van space a little bit. But again, what might happen in the future is that you know governments may regulate that you have to be a non-polluting car, and of course the output of a fuel cell or is uh, just water. You combine mm. hydrogen and oxygen, you get back to water. And that means you can go into the inner city area, for example, and not contribute any pollution. Car uh, governments may push us towards that sort of thing in the future. Yeah, because that's a big thing overseas at the moment in Europe, especially, isn't it? Well, it used to be the London congestion charge would allow hybrids in. Uh, now I think they're really going to zero emission vehicles, which of course are electric driven. Uh, whether it be by battery or by fuel cell. Yeah. Okay. And um, so, so, so being hydrogen, you know, one of the you know the big questions is, you know, is it safe? Yeah. Yeah. Look, um, they make the uh, tanks out of carbon fibre. They've worked real hard to make them still very secure. I believe. I think it was Hyundai did some tests where they actually shot at one of these things. Uh, and ultimately got such a powerful gun that it penetrated it, uh, uh, and there wasn't a problem. I mean, the reality is, with your modern car, if you rapture the fuel tank, you've got fuel that can spill out, stay at your level, and burn. Hydrogen, being very light, tends to escape very quickly. So Mm. overall, the, the car companies are saying that it's, yeah, it's, it's as safe as you could reasonably expect. Yeah, so it sounds like you know, it sounds like a bit of a science experiment. You know, hydrogen, you know, you know molecules <laughs> and and all this sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, we're really we're really really getting ahead ahead with technology in vehicles today, aren't we? Yeah, it's that classic issue that the electric motor, which by the way, I'd love to drive for one simple reason, it gets a lot of torque. It's, it, it gets a horsepower, this particular car, the Mirai, gets a, about a, just a little bit more than a Corolla, but less than a Camry. But the yeah. torque is up around a V6 Orion. So yeah, it's wow. really got that, yeah, it's got that pulling power. And the yeah. great thing about it is it starts at zero revs. So yeah, when okay. you put your foot on the accelerator, the acceleration is good, you know, not V8 wheel spinning stuff, but still very strong, very good, but instantaneous, and I love that. Yeah, yeah. You pull out from a side street, you you know, all the cars you've tested too, uh, an automatic sometimes stops and thinks about which gear it should be in, stop, start means it's got to start the engine, then go. Some turbochargers have a lot of lag, which means it goes, but not well until it builds up pressure. Yeah. This, put your foot down. Away you go, love it. Yeah, it sounds fantastic. All right, well, um, yeah, really, really appreciate the article and that, and we'll publish it on Fleet Auto News. So, um, yeah, keep keep them coming through. So it's fleetautonews.com.au. Yeah, that's it. All right, mate. Listen, uh, thanks for the opportunity. Good to talk. All right, thanks, David. Talk soon. Bye, bye.